Sometimes I stayed at like a campsite or uh, a couple nights I had to stay at the hotel. One was planned. One was due to like uh, a torrential downpour and thunderstorm. And other times I would tent in people's backyard who I found through warm showers. And a couple of people let me actually stay in their house through warm showers. So I met so many amazing people and I just toured this beautiful area of Michigan right along the coastline. And it was just an amazing time. It was like 350 miles for that trip. Welcome to Part-Time Athletes, a podcast that interviews everyday people about their fitness journeys. That was Tara Gundrum, and this is your host, Brie Outside. In today's episode, Tara's going to cover a lot of ground and tell us how she got started doing multiple sports, um, from swimming to trail running, um, hiking. So yeah, I think I reached out to her about maybe it was biking. Um, I don't remember which, but she just does it all. So you're going to hear about a lot of different adventures in today's episode. So enjoy. You're welcome. Um, she's also going to tell us a little bit about her book and it's called Finding My Possible and uh, stay tuned after the interview and I'll give you the details for her website and where you can find the book if you're interested. I think after hearing her talk about all of her outdoor adventures, you're probably going to be interested. Um, She's just, yeah, she's got a lot of cool stories. So (laughs) before we get started though, just one little bit of shameless self-promotion. If you know someone or you are someone who needs some extra help staying accountable with their fitness journey, um, anyone interested in getting started running, or just want to try some new things, visit my website, brieoutside.com. In August, I'm starting Brie Outside's yoga running camp. So it's a four-week program with a four-week beginner running plan. Um, There's two options. One's distance-based if you can already run a mile. Um, And then the other one is time-based. So it's just like getting you used to running for longer. That one's especially for if you're brand, brand new to running. Um, And then in addition to the running plan, uh, there's live yoga classes three times a week. And those are recorded if you can't make it. Um, But three times a week, live classes. And then there's a weekly uh, check-in, like a group check-in, group coaching session over Zoom where you can ask questions, um, get feedback on things, all the good stuff. And if you sign up early or even at the last minute, you can use the code LETSMOVE15 to get 15% off. And that's for all classes and services, including the yoga running camp through July. So now that that's done, let's get started, athletes. Let's talk about the biking first. So how did you get into cycling or bike touring? All right. So uh, I'll just kind of preface that by saying like cycling is something that I thought like I wanted to do when I was young. Like, so I remember getting uh, my first bicycle at the age of like seven for Christmas. And I remember my dad shoveled the sidewalk so that I could, you know, bicycle down the sidewalk. But our neighborhood wasn't that safe. So like when summertime came around and I was able to actually get out, you know, easily, we ended up only being able to cycle from like one house, like five houses on one side and five houses on the other. And so before you know it, I always make the joke that we were like bicycling in a circle and it just like never happened really naturally. So the bike went away and I never picked it back up until 
um, I kind of started training for triathlon here in Wisconsin, like at age about 34, 35. Like that's when I started cycling. Wow, you started training for triathlons then? Now I feel like I have to get down. <laughs> it, Where did it was that like, come from? <laughs> okay, so okay, so this this comes from uh, a really interesting story. It's one of the stories that I wrote down that's like probably my favorite fitness story ever. Um, I was literally just at the beach with my daughter who was about um, nine years old at the time. And she was out swimming in kind of like this, uh, pond that, you know, you can kind of like, uh, skate on it in the winter, but it's like more of like a splash pad pond swimming, you know, dealio, uh, in the summertime. And she kind of yelled out to me from the water. She's like, mommy, like, come play with me. And I yelled out to her. I was like, I can't, you know, like I can't really swim for recreation. Like I only know how to do like the elementary backstroke for life-saving skills, you know? And that was like the first time that I had ever told my daughter that I couldn't do something. Um, And I felt like, oh man, I need to really learn how to swim because this is pretty much unacceptable as a parent not to be able to like go out there and like play with your daughter. So (laughs) I went to the YMCA the very next day and signed up for swim lessons. And I had taken my first swim lesson and I decided to just kind of like, take one lesson, get some skills, practice for a week or two before I took my next lesson. Um, And I was swimming at the pool, just going back and forth, like barely surviving down the lap lane, trying to do freestyle. And this lady in the lane next to me, she's like swimming super fast and checking her watch. And so I started asking her questions about what she was doing. And she said she was training for triathlon. And I'm like, what's that? You know, I never heard of it. And before you know it, before I left the gym that day, I was signing up for a entry level um, tri triathlon class. And uh, that's kind of like how I got started. Literally by my daughter asking me if I could swim with her, I ended up on a triathlon journey. That's crazy. I didn't even know why it had like an entry level triathlon class. Yes, it was, it was called like tri triathlon. It was a very like you unique name to kind of get you involved. (laughs) And it was this, um, I remember my instructor was a Marine. Uh, he, he had already been discharged from the Marine Corps, but he, uh, was training and he taught us how to kind of like swim for, Uh, the freestyle and then teach us like um, strokes that would allow us to relax a bit. Um, You know, if we were tired and then we did all of our bicycling on the indoor bicycle trainer and we would run on the treadmill or outside if it was okay. And we just kind of did all these little transitions right in the Y, like it taught us how to go, okay, like from the swim, like to the bike or to the run or whatever the order was, but it was pretty interesting. And that's what got me started. And then, so when you started the cycle, like the cycling portion outside and stuff, how did you go about getting your first bike? Okay. So, uh, this is very interesting because up until this point, right. I had only done the stationary bicycling and I actually had shoes with clips 
for the stationary bicycle because, you know, he was teaching us how to use our legs and the momentum to kind of push and pull and that whole nine yard. So I went to my sister-in-law who was pretty much an avid cyclist, but she was looking to upgrade her bike. So she sold me for like $40, her giant uh, road bicycle. And great deal. (laughs) Yeah, it was like 40 bucks. She just like, I think really wanted me to um, enjoy it. And she didn't want it to be like a burden of like, I I didn't get out there because I didn't have like a nice spike, you know? Um, So it was just really kind of like a, a deal, like a compromise for me, her encouraging me to kind of get moving. And um, so we went on a little bicycle rides all around, um, but I would only use my regular shoes. Like I never wore my clips because I was nervous to do that, like, you know, outside on a real bike. And I remember training for my first like sprint triathlon. So I did the little white one that was kind of like indoor, outdoor hybrid, like a mini triathlon. And now I was training for my first sprint. And my friend, the girl, she turned out to be my best friend, the gal that I met in the swimming pool. Shut up. Um, no, really? Yeah, her name, her name is Amanda. And I mean, That's she's the so most cool. She's literally the most amazing person you're ever going to meet. But I mean, just super energetic and so positive. And like that day in the pool turned into just like so many other things. Like, and um, I remember cycling with Amanda, uh, training for this triathlon. And And we got to a stoplight and we stopped and I literally tipped over. Like I never unclipped at all. I just like fell to the side. I had no idea I needed to unclip. It was the funniest thing ever. Thank God, like there was no cars coming that could have like, you know, that could have turned into a bad situation. But um, yeah, so that's kind of like my first time on a road bike on the road with clips. It was pretty darn interesting. That's really cool though. (laughs) It's so hard to meet people as an adult that like I you might go out and like talk to random strangers, but then to like talk to them again, it's always yeah. super hard. So that's yeah amazing. <laughs> yeah, it, it was pretty amazing. Life changing. And then so do you ride with um black girls do ride bikes? Yeah, so Black Girls Do Bike um, has been so instrumental to my cycling. Um, I remember the first time that I ever heard of them. I was actually doing my very first century ride. And and you know how century rides go. It's kind of like... No, I don't. Oh, you don't? I just got my bike like a month or two ago. Maybe it's only been a month. So I'm all, this is all new. (laughs) Oh, okay. Well, I'll share this with you. Um, so the century ride is typically, you know, the hundred miles is the event, right? So that's what most people come out for. But then since they're already out and they have everything kind of like already staged, they'll do smaller or, or shorter distances. So the century ride that I was doing was called the women's century ride. And it had 100 miles, 70 miles, I want to say like 40 miles. And then it went down to maybe like, maybe like 20 and then like 15 or something like that. And then I think they also had like a family, like a three miler, you know, where folks could kind of take their kids out on a very shorter kind of like very safe route. 
And so I left, you know, they start you based on your distance. I think I left at 7 a.m. that morning and then maybe, you know, the the 70 milers, they may leave at like nine, you know, however that works. So that in the end, mostly everyone is kind of finishing together. And so I remember turning into like the finish lane, which had about maybe a half mile left to go. And I just heard this group of women screaming like crazy. And the closer I got, I was like, that's a lot of black women. Like, this is weird because we were in Newburgh, Wisconsin. And, you know, there's not a lot of black people. I mean, this county is maybe like 98% white. And I thought like I'd not even seen another black woman in Washington County up until that point. So I was like super confused. And I got up there and it was Black Girls Do Bike, their Milwaukee chapter. They had came out to do um, one of the shorter distances as like a kind of like a fun ride, uh, encouraging people to get out. So I think they maybe did like the 15 or the 30 and they had just finished up, but they heard that I was out there and they were like, man, another sister is out here doing a century ride. Like we had to stay and we had to support her. And so their encouragement for not knowing me, but just wanting to support me like blindly totally turned me to like the website. I'm like, okay, who are these women? What do they do? Like, I need to be a part of this group. Right. And I actually later ended up starting my own chapter here in Washington County, Wisconsin, you know, black girls do bike Washington County. We just literally started it at the end of last year. So I'm trying to really kick that off. That's amazing. That is really cool. People that don't even know you, they just stayed. Wow. No, they just wanted to encourage, you know, another, you know, Black Girls Do Bike is very inclusive. Their goal, Mm -hmm. of course, is to get as many um, women of color out on bikes as possible, just because it hasn't really been um, something that's available or taken to recently. And they just want to kind of show that like, hey, we're here. And, you know, we have just as much access to this beautiful activity. And they're trying to just kind of like promote it and encourage it. But it's like, all women are welcome. Like, really, it's just like, get out there on two wheels. And then I don't know, kind of speaking of inclusivity, uh, but not exactly. <laughs> so you, I saw on your Instagram, include your dog in some of your bike rides and an awesome oh, yes. bike stroller. <laughs> How did your dog feel about that? <laughs> okay. So about taking my dog <laughs> and getting her one of those strollers, but she's like 60 pound chow chow. And I don't Ooh. know if she would be interested in that. <laughs> well, um, so my dog, her name is Maggie May. Um, she is like my number one partner and we actually made the decision to cycle with her before she was even born. It was kind of like, I knew that we were getting our puppy and I knew that I kind of wanted a companion because I, I often cycle alone. And then I, I often like bicycle in, um, overnight, like temp tent camp alone. So, um, Ooh, okay. We'll talk about that next. Cause that sounds amazing. <laughs> oh, for sure. Absolutely. So I thought, okay, well, I need a trailer for this dog, you know? So the day I picked up my trailer, the day before we picked up our puppy and I knew that I needed to kind of get her acclimated right away. I thought, you know, she needs to like be a, a trailer dog right away or else she's really not going to enjoy it. So that was kind of like the plan for us. And 
the first time I put her in the trailer, I just kind of like put her in there and I closed the little flap, like thinking that she was secure. And I went rolling down the street. And so she was kind of yelping a little bit when we first started. And then I didn't hear anything. I was like, whoa, okay. So I like looked in my mirror. I have a little helmet mirror and I see this little black and white spotted thing in the middle of the street. And I'm like, oh my God. Yes. I like completely (laughs) freak out and I turn around and I go back and we live on a, like a country road. So thank God, like there was no cars at the time. And I went back and she's just sitting, standing in the middle of the street, like, like what was going on? Oh my she gosh. Had, yeah. She totally jumped out of the trailer and I'm just like, oh my. So we've since then nicknamed her Houdini because she's gotten out of that trailer like three times. And, um, I figured it out though. The first time she got out, she just jumped out. I didn't have her secure. The second time I put her in, I kind of like attached a leash to the little clips, but it was a plastic clip and she just kind of bit through it and jumped out. And then, so I changed it to like a chain link and locking carabiners on both ends. And she's not getting out of that puppy. <laughs> Sounds like Houdini. I'd be interested to see if she does get out of that. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. She's not getting out. It's no way. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, yeah. So go back to the, so you do, is it like bike packing or bike camping? Yeah. So uh, it's called bicycle touring the way that I do. There is a bicycle packing. It's just kind of like a a more slimline, streamline, kind of shorter distance. Uh, But I do long, kind of like longer distance bike touring. So I have uh, these panniers that I will uh, strap onto my front and rear bike rack. And I literally strap everything that I need to survive on my bike and like off I go. So, I mean, that's all of my like tent, my clothes, my food, cooking equipment. I have a little chair that I use because like, you know, I have bad knees. I don't like getting up and down off the ground. Um, Do you do that by yourself or do you go with a group? So uh, actually the very first time that I ever toured, which was at the um, kind of start of the pandemic last year, was my very first bike tour and I did it completely solo. Um, It was just something that I'd been wanting to do and I planned on doing it with a friend initially, but you know, the pandemic changed Mm -hmm. like everything. And so I was just like, you know, a... I just really want to do this and be like, I really need this because like, I just felt completely bottled up, you know? And I'm like, I just got to get out on my bike and do this. So I actually drove my car to Ludington, Michigan, and I found a host off of warm showers, which is like a host that really supports cyclists. And they will kind of host you in whatever capacity that they're comfortable with. So maybe they'll let you like stay in their house or maybe they have like a shed or a guest room, or maybe they'll let you tent on their property. But I'd found this guy in Ludington who was willing to let me park my car at his house and um, also stay with him the last night of my tour. So I kind of like used his house as a base camp, parked my car there. I paid for a shuttle to drive me um, to the kind of like north of uh, Good Harbor, Michigan. And I, the shuttle dropped me off up there. I loaded my bike and I cycled down 
the western coast of Michigan and I cycle from Good Harbor to Ludington and it took me about seven days and I just did that solo. I took my time. Uh, sometimes I stayed at like a campsite or uh, a couple nights I had to stay at the hotel. One was planned. One was due to like uh, a torrential downpour and thunderstorm. And other times I would tent in people's backyard who I found through warm showers. And a couple of people let me actually stay in their house through warm showers. So I met so many amazing people and I just toured this beautiful area of Michigan right along the coastline. And it was just an amazing time. It was like 350 miles for that trip. Whoa. And then, so how did you find these people? Was it like on a specific website? Yeah, it was uh, www.warmshowers.com. Okay, that's funny. I thought you were just talking about warm showers. Okay. Oh, like taking a warm shower. (laughs) Yeah, that makes so much more sense. Okay. Uh, (laughs) um, That, I don't know. I don't know if I could do that, though, trusting random strangers. I don't know. it was it was interesting, you know. I'm I'm a pretty faithful gal, you know, and I believe like like I just feel like like God's gonna take care of me. So I am always, you know, I will do my research and I will vet out different things. And um, one of the ways that I do that on warm showers is. I would only stay with people who had like great reviews. Um, You know, there had been several other people who stayed with that person before. And I'd actually privately message those, a couple of people from each place. And it's like, how was your experience? Like, was there anything like interesting or weird or like anything? Would you, do you think that this is safe? And, you know, I would just kind of go off of that, you know? And when I came off of that trip, I mean, I had such like a restored faith in humanity. I was treated. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It was pretty intense. Like I was just totally treated just like, I don't know, like there was no color. There was no kind of like um, segregation. There was like, I was just a person who was trying to enjoy the outdoors and kind of like grow and people wanted to see me succeed, succeed. And it was just, it was amazing. I mean, I met so many people that I, I'm still in touch with today, some more than others. But I mean, those are people that I would have never had access to if I would have never gotten on my bike and like dared to be different. And had you ever biked that far before the 300 oh. miles? Oh, heck no. No. <laughs> um, so that's one of the things that was intimidating about bicycle touring. You would hear about these like super long trips and um, you're like, I can never do that. And I remember posting on Facebook, there's this group called um, bicycle touring and backpacking. And this is the like group that I kind of lived on their page, like while I was planning for my tour. And I posted the question, like, how long, you know, do you cycle in one day? Like what's manageable? And of course you get all the answers of, you know, it's based on your ability level. um, It's based on your, you know, skill and based on the terrain and all of these different things. But one guy said something that really stood out to me. And he said, as long as you can bicycle uh, for 10 miles, you can do a bicycle tour. And I was like, how so? You know, and he said, 
you bicycle two miles, you take a break and you do it again. (laughs) And I was just like, okay. And so I literally left on my tour with that mentality of, okay, if you get tired, get off your bike, take a break, like refuel yourself and get back on it and do it again. Find that segment or that stretch of distance that is sustainable for you. And as long as you can do that over and over again, then you're a bicycle tourist. And did you do that on like a hybrid or was it a mountain bike or a road bike? Uh, It's kind of like a bicycle touring bike, like a hybrid. Um, It's called a Trek 920. That's the bike that I use. It's it's more so equivalent to like a gravel bike is what they're, what they're labeled as. Yeah. There's so many things to learn about biking. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, I better change the subject or I'm just going to ask you like all the questions. Um, oh, so- I could talk to you forever about this. <laughs> <laughs> um, but speaking of like outdoors and just enjoying nature. So you're also a really big hiker. So was that before biking and the triathlon training or was that new? So hiking was new to me and it actually came to me through my friend, Amanda, the gal that I told you about earlier. Um, I already love Amanda. <laughs> right. Like you, I, I feel like you need to talk to Amanda. She is literally just and like, my uh, way. <laughs> she is a game changer for sure. Like a change maker. Um, so um, as part of my training for a triathlon, you know, you'd have to go on all of these various runs and I have, you know, degenerative uh, arthritis in both my knees and my knees, you know, they can become inflamed after running for so long on the pavement. And Amanda thought that it would be a good idea for me to just try out the trail. And, you know, it's a little bit more forgiving. The ground's a little bit softer. Um, and yeah, the trains that are the trails that we have here are, you know, the terrain is pretty intense, lots of, you know, up, down, hilly areas, but they were definitely, my knees were um, taken care of a lot more on the trail. So um, I ended up going on something called the Ice Age Trail, which runs through like 1,200 miles that runs through the state of Wisconsin. And I just loved the Ice Age Trail. I mean, so I started out trail running on it just for um, kind of like training for my triathlon. But then it turns out that I actually really enjoyed trail running over, you know, running on the pavement. And it was actually much better for my knees. I would have to be careful going downhill. But um, for the most part, it was like really, really cool. And so later, just my love for that trail in particular turned into these little hikes on, you know, Sunday or recovery hikes, you know, something that I would do on a day that I didn't have to run or bike or swim. I would just go out there and kind of do a walk on the Ice Age Trail. And it turned into these like super long hikes. And now I'm packing a lunch and now I'm trying to do an overnight. Like it was just amazing. So um, that's how I got into hiking by just getting on a trail that was so beautiful. I couldn't leave it alone, basically. And do you have like another favorite or most memorable hike? Anything fun happened? Did you see a bear or? 
Um, <laughs> so no bear. Um, okay, this is kind of funny. And like my husband's listening to this. He's just going to laugh. But so <laughs> I was hiking with Amanda and we were in a very like northern, very remote area of the trail, like the northern Kettle Moraines. And this like tall fit skinny white guy super long hair like just like I'm talking like out of a magazine comes running by and he's running like running it's not a problem like it's totally not hot outside he's not sweating he's just like like gliding across like the field and I was like was that Jesus you know And, and he's like got this long hair just like like flying behind him and I'm just like oh my gosh so that is probably my funniest hiking story and I swear every time I go to that little area that little patch of like field I'm like looking for this guy and um and so fast forward probably like three years this guy came through again looked the oh, same way same way, except for this time he had a hat on and just like a really little bitty like stubby ponytail sticking out of the back of his head. I was like, do you trail run like this northern area a lot? And he's like, oh, yeah. And I was like, did you cut your hair? And he's like, yeah, actually, I was like, was it really long? Like three years ago? And he's like, yeah, I was like, I'm pretty sure I saw you and I nicknamed you Jesus. <laughs> and so he just laughed and actually told me that somebody else had given him that nickname as well. So I don't know. That's like my funniest like hiking story. It's, it's pretty sad, but it's hilarious. <laughs> maybe he is jesus you never know <laughs> you never know anyway <laughs> never know um so let's kind of pivot and talk about your book so tell us about finding my possible all right um so finding my possible is a book that i just released uh right before thanksgiving of last year Um, And it's something that came about when I was talking to one of my friends, actually uh, a major general from the Air Force that I'd worked with in the past. Uh, He kept telling me, like, I can't wait to read your book. And I would like kind of laugh inside and I would just say to him, like, I don't even have like a story, you know, like, what do you mean? You can't wait to read my book. And he's like, you do so many amazing things and you like have so many interesting stories. Like, I can't wait to read your book. So basically he had told me that maybe about three times. And I basically talked myself out of it by thinking that I didn't have a story to tell. And I actually uh, went on a bicycle tour last summer from Pittsburgh to Washington, D.C. And during that entire trip, I was just like reflecting. I was having so much fun. I was having so many amazing conversations. And I was basically on this kick about, you know, anything is possible. So I decided that while I was on that trip, I was going to like have great conversations and record everything that I could and kind of do like a video vlog and try to include other people in it and just kind of like try to tell their stories. And so when I went on that trip, I basically 
would talk to people if they would talk to me and say, Hey, I'm doing this. Like what's, why are you out here? Like what's making this possible for you? Like everything is possible. And then I'd be like, you know, this is like hike possible. Cause I found some hikers or this is like bicycle possible, or this is like run possible. And I would just come up with this random stuff while I was on that trip. And by the end of that trip, I decided that I was going to tell the story of my life or at least my life as it is right now and how I basically made all of the different things possible um, just through changing the narrative and adapting the situation to me. So that's how find my poss- finding my possible came about. And it's really a story about my life and basically every single thing that I've ever done up until this point and how it became possible, like through community, through faith, through trial and error, or through just daring to be different and, you know, not judging myself against other people, how I became who I am and how I found my possible. That's what it's about. And it's available on Amazon, right? Yes, it is available on Amazon. And um, it, um, it, interestingly enough, I didn't think I had a story to tell. And um, a lot of folks are enjoying it. I'm extremely humbled by, you know, just what sharing your own experience, like how that can help and motivate others. I'm definitely going to check it out. I'm always telling people the same thing, uh, like, you should write a book or I want to read your <laughs> memoir. So <laughs> mm-hmm. I can relate to the person that told you to do that. Uh, and Absolutely. I, just from talking to you for what, 40 minutes, I can tell you definitely have a lot <laughs> to talk about, a lot of stories. So, <laughs> Yeah, lots of stories. <laughs> all right, athletes, that's all the time we have for today's episode. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Tara, for making time for the interview and for answering so many of my questions about your um, book writing process after the interview. I really appreciate you giving me so much of your time, and I enjoyed talking to you. Um, If you want to find out more about Finding My Possible, you can find out more at Tara's website. It's taragundrum.com, T A R R A. G-U-N-D-R-U-M.com. And in case uh, you're like me and you have a hard time, you're a little, I don't know, I'm dyslexic, so when people spell stuff out, I have a hard time. Um, but the, the link should be in the episode description. So don't worry. Or if you just don't have a pen with you, uh, it should be in the episode description. So it's Finding My Possible. Um, you can definitely find it on Amazon. And thank you, the listener, for making time to listen to this episode out of everything else you could be listening to. I really appreciate you supporting the show. Um, If you want to be on the podcast, shoot me an email, parttimeathletespodcast at gmail.com. You can find that on freeoutside.com, the website. Uh, If you know someone else that you want to be on the show because you know they have interesting stories, definitely send them my way. Um, you know, we're all part-time athletes out there, so nobody is too big or too small to be on the show in terms of, you know, how active they are. But that's all. Um, tune in next time, whenever next time is. Uh, I'm trying, guys. (laughs) 
I'm trying. There's been um, a lot of changes going on at my day job. I think you all know I have an eight to five day job, um, but there's been a lot of changes recently. So it's been a little stressful. And then also, of course, trying to start a successful fitness business um, and then part-time athletes are all big commitments. Um, so yeah, I will put out another episode as soon as possible. <laughs> That's all I can promise you. Um, but I do appreciate you supporting the show and I hope you continue to listen in the future. So thank you and tune in next time.